Fine. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Elite Week, Episode 73, Alpha 4, Odyssey Launch, Endings and Beginnings, Galactic Water Cooler, Friday, April 23rd, 2021. That is a mouthful and a half when you're enjoying some Dragon's Milk and Jameson's at the same time. We made it, folks. It's Friday. Woo! As Ric Flair would say so eloquently. We're alive. We get to party. It's the weekend. We're done. We're working for the weekend, and the weekend is here. I am your host, Kai Zen. With me, as always, is Roy. Say hi, Roy. Good evening, everyone. Happy Friday. Glad you're here with us. All right. And Tweet74, say hi, Tweet. Yes, here we go again. You're not hearing things double. You didn't hit your head. It's the weekend. We've made it. We've got news. We're going to have some conversations this this fine evening. It's the freaking weekend, baby, and we're ready to roll. Say hi, Wolf. I have beer. I'm very happy. (laughs) This is a truism in life. And our red shirt tonight, our special guest, Commander Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA and SAG-I. Say hello. 
Hello, folks. It's going to be a cracker tonight. Enjoy. That's right. We are going to party. Let's do this. Okay, so <clears throat> let's start off with uh, our little section of what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking, I got Jameson's in my left hand and Dragon's Milk in my right hand. I am a happy boy. Roy, what you got? Well, once again, I've got Old Souls Infidel. Right on. Tweaked, what you drinking? Oh, I'm a coffee lover, so I've got a giant cup of coffee next to me again. No alcohol for me, not a big drinker myself. There you go. And Wolf, what's what you got tonight? I have Hever. It is a German Pilsner. Ah, very good. So good, it makes you want to goose step through Paris. Orange Phoenix, what you got? <laughs> I'm mixing my drinks. I have, because uh, it's ridiculously early in the morning, I have a lovely cup of coffee and I have a can of beer. What kind nice. of beer you got? I don't want to mention because it's terrible. Ah, so basically, <laughs> basically you're drinking some Four loco, some homemade Four loco. You're just double barreling it. I dig it. Oh, I, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically, I did not have the opportunity to get what I wanted, so I will make do with the company. Fair enough. So our on-air producer tonight is me, sweet baby Jesus. Help us. Uh, our graphics producer is Swordsmith and Control It On, the Dream Team. Our executive producer is Wolf Dragon. And our podcast editor, I want to give a shout out to Monohive. My man Monohive is feeling a little under the weather. Uh, I can't really get into details of what it is, but he may be feeling under the weather for anywhere from a week to several months. I think you could piece it together. Uh, didn't violate HIPAA technically. All right. Um, Monahive, dude, we hope you feel better, brother. We we hope that uh, that you and your girl are all right and that uh, everything is good out there. We just want you to know <clears throat> we greatly appreciate you trying to do any work that you can. Like today, I talked to him early. He, he messaged me and he was like, dude, you said you were having a hum on your mic. What's going on? And I was like, we're working on it. We're, we're figuring it out. I ordered a thing from amazon but in the meantime if you want to spend some time working on something don't even worry about my mic i got control it on on that uh but if you could uh maybe take a look at the roy stories and he was like all right all right let me see uh this one doesn't have actually a lot i'll do it i'll knock it out real quick we love you thank you for doing that but also put your health first don't push it don't put yourself in a position where it's difficult to breathe and whatnot get better soon we love you and we hope that uh that we'll be welcoming you back soon in the meantime whether it's a week or two i can do the editing on the podcast or three or four uh it it doesn't matter i'll you know yeah i don't do anywhere near as good a job as you but i'll i'll get it done just take care of your health and and be well sir i'm sure everybody in the in the uh crew wants to shout out and send some love to monohive so do it quick yeah thanks monohive thanks, you're the best man. Get better. Yeah, we love better everything soon. you do, man. Take care of yourself. Health always comes first. Always, always, always. All right. Our cover art tonight was, but it's just right there. You figure it out. Uh, our opening song was, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine by Pomplamoose with Doty and Maddie Pop. I love them cute girls singing songs. Our closing song is going to be, Lost in Japan by Scary Pockets featuring Therese Kuratolo. Both of them are in the show notes, so go check them out. 
Awesome bands. Very, very cool. Funky, funky stuff. All right. So I want to give a huge shout out to NASA for a couple of things. Number one, the successful launch today. How about that? That was awesome. Number two, the first powered space flight on another world that happened in the last week. That is good shit. And we salute you. That is, it's easy in the midst of like, Oh, I'm so caught up in Alpha News on my serious, super, super serious video game. It's so easy to miss, like, just l like overlook that. Dude, that is such a milestone. That is the first powered flight on another planet that for, from our species. That's massive. It's a big deal. Huge salute to NASA. In addition to that, after that, they were like, oh, yeah, hold my beer. Watch me one-up that shit. They created oxygen on Mars. First time ever that our species has done that. And a milestone and very, very important as a mm, proof of concept to say, like, we can do this shit. They, have a little, they had a little box that was basically the size of a toaster, and it just opened up and poof, it made like 10 minutes of breathable air for one person. It, it created a small bit of oxygen using the raw materials that exist naturally on Mars. That's going to be very, very big because, yes, we started with a toaster box and a one-time little poof, but... Where that's going to end up with down the line is, you know, whatever, 10 years from now or more, um, like us sending a couple of big ass box units there that look like those big industrial air conditioning units for a, uh, you know, for the big office building. And they're going to be cranking and cranking and going, and they're going to be creating uh, 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 a reservoir artificial of breathable air. Atmosphere. Yeah. Artificial well, atmosphere. That we can mm, not, not that yet. They're going yeah, to be this is the first step towards that. They're going to be creating massive reservoirs of breathable oxygen that we can use with scrubbers and other things to first make breathable colonies that we can start to seed like get the first first colonist on mars or whatever the whole terraforming of the planet that's a little bit down the ways but awesome nonetheless super super yeah, I, I don't even mean the planet i mean like structures buildings that they can put air into and stuff that's that's good stuff this is this is a mm -hmm. big step forward i think i also want to give a huge shout out to sagittarius i magazine for their big return we're going to talk about that in just a moment we've got alpha and odyssey launch news and potentially the end of the crystal forest <laughs> all this and more so stay tuned if you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at eliteweek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments 
anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the show. All right. So let's start off with uh, a little mini interview. You already know Orange Phoenix. We've had him on the show before. He's a repeat guest, but we want to give him some love. Obviously, he is one of the founding members of the SPVFA, the Society for, let me see if I can get this right. Ready? Photography, videography, and fan art for Elite Dangerous. Um, in addition to that, as his role as one of the SPVFA sort of head guys, he also, because SPVFA sort of took over doing the art department for the uh, Sagai magazine, he is also on staff at Sagai. And uh, I think you have some exciting news that you'd like to tell us about. Go for it. Oh, yes. A couple of little amendments. Well done on the SPVFA, but it's stellar photography, videography, and fan art. You almost got that one. Yeah. Catches Wait, everybody, which, though. Which one did I get wrong? I thought I got it. Stellar photography? It, the, it oh, the S, the, the stellar. So, you said society. Uh, no biggie, no biggie. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and it's not the art department. It's the um, photography manager. The art team, um, I am nowhere near their caliber. I have to point that out. They are incredible. Uh, Lex uh, Moloch. Uh, I have to give a nod to him. Incredible. Um, but yes, big news, big news. Um, for the first time ever, our dreams have come true at Sagittarius Eye. Mm. We have a new tier of Patreon. If you support us at £20 per month, you can have a printed copy gifted by Sagittarius Eye to you and delivered worldwide. Yes, wow. yes. And and just sort of to make sure we capture all of the news, that is one of the awesome bits of news. The other awesome bit of news is that Sagai Magazine, the PDF format, which has been on holiday for a few months, it's been sort of, they were on a break, um, is returning with multiple formats it's returning in number one s wait pdf that's the name it's performing it's returning in pdf format for your computer it's also returning in a pdf format that is sort of i don't know they do some fucking tech shit that is set up for your iphone or ipad or whatever it's mobile friendly to on different operating systems so you can take it with you. You can pop it out, open and 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 check it out on the iPad or whatever is comfortable for you. It is 
always been going. It stayed going on the podcast through the whole thing. And I got to tell you, Orange Phoenix, I listened to the podcast version of episode 35 when it dropped immediately today. And I heard a very cool, uh, what do you call it? Like segment about the Manticore plasma weapons. And who the hell was that handsome fellow that was narrating that bit? Yeah. Um, some, some Scottish dude. Um, I think he's called Orange Phoenix. Yeah, I heard if it's not Scottish, it's crap. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So Orange, I, I just wanted to give you a little shout out there. I thought you did marvelously on that bit. We're going to get to that in just a second, but I wanted to just give a little shout out to you. So yeah, it is. It has been this whole time on podcast. It is returning in pdf format that is good for your computer or your mobile devices whatever you prefer however you prefer and for the first time ever everyone has always always asked for it and it was a thing that couldn't be done because it was like well technically this is like we would need to get permission from frontier and frontier is like we can't have third parties selling this as a as a as a magazine as a printable magazine you know be clear i don't want to i want to make sure just so lawyers don't come after me or barristers as they have in ye olde england um you're not buying the magazine you are donating to support them and they are gifting you a physical copy for the first time ever you can get it to have to put on your bookshelf or to have for you know whatever because it is uh, super, super awesome. And just to clarify, basically the way that you would get that is donating, showing your support for Sagittarius Eye Magazine on their Patreon at the 20, was it pound or dollars, whatever, at the 20 widgets level, at the 20 guinea quids level. And then they will gift you the physical magazine to have for all time. I can say collector's item. I think that shit is well worth, well, well worth. So what did I get wrong? Quick question. Sure. That's in the chat. Uh, uh, English, uh, he's asking, is it a one-time donation or a monthly thing? I think it's it's up to you. It is is a monthly thing, but it's Patreon. You can drop out, drop in as, as, as you wish. Three tiers, one at uh, one pound, one at five pound and then the top tier at 20. Um, it's in your control. And I think that the way that it works is that like sort of once a month when they go to send out the magazines. And I believe if I remember correctly from a little birdie, a little souverine birdie that they're going to look to start doing some back issues at some point. They got to get the sort of they got to get it up and running, though. They will have more exciting news in the future on back issues. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those deals where you make a gift subscription or not subscription, a donation of the 20 pounds for that month. And you will get a gift of the physical magazine. You have to be very careful how you say that because barristers, whatever. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a gift from us for your support. Absolutely. Uh, so 
I just wanted to give a huge, huge shout out for me. I'm on staff at SAG Eye. Uh, I I don't do any of the actual like work work. Like that's they have writers and editors and photographers and layout people that do all the actual work work. All I do is show up and they put a mic in front of me and I talk shit and I pretend to be, uh, you know, uh, this guy or that. I'm like, oh, I'm a wacko cultist. Oh, I'm a fucking AXI founder. Oh, I'm a Colonia original whatever guy like i i just show up and like i just talk shit that's that's my only skill but um i can also shoot people but i don't think that's really useful anymore uh so for the people that are out there doing all this stuff huge huge salute big 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 love for sagai magazine so you know um yeah i i let's be honest uh, and and anyone here feel free to correct me or call me call bullshit if you think i'm wrong Sagai Magazine is not the greatest content creator for Elite Dangerous. Sagai Magazine is the greatest content creator, I think, as far as I've ever seen, for any video game ever in my lifetime. They are amazeballs. They are to be revered. So big, big, huge salute and lots of love. Guys, hop in with your uh, comments on Sagai. Yeah, top shelf. Love yeah. the love the. Uh, I I listen to I listen to it and look at it at the same time. I like consuming it now that way with the uh, the video and the audio together. I think that's fun. It's a, an extra dimension to it. And I really enjoy it. I, I I'll say this real quick. Sorry, and then I'll let you guys continue. There's a lot of new players that have come to the game from the Epic Store big giveaway thing, from the Gold Xbox Widget thing live whatever and from oh i'm a shooter guy and i'm coming to for odyssey there's a lot of new people that have come to the game in the last three months and will come to the game in the next six months tons and tons of new people look you have 35 episodes of sag Eye, all on podcast and many of them i mean they they miss like five or six or whatever but many of them on pdf format that you can go back and read amazing articles with amazing artwork you can unlock because elite dangerous is not easy with its lore it doesn't put it in your face where every person does the same quest like world of warcraft or whatever you have to go looking for the lore and there's a lot of people that think there is no lore to this game because they haven't found it Sagai Magazine is your best way to find the lore. They will give you stories, tell you locations. You can go there. You can hear an amazing story and then see for yourself that it exists in the game. I'm going to turn it back over to you guys. Uh, Tweak, your thoughts. Yeah, well, I've said on the show before that Sagai is my number one content of anything. I love the in-universe. I love the way they do it. And you you're absolutely right. When I first discovered Elite Dangerous, that's what I did. I, I devoured YouTube videos. I discovered Sag Eye, and I went back to episode one and found my way all the way through. It's a great teacher for what Elite Dangerous Universe is all about. Just in today's podcast, for example, they, they do a whole big story about the Starship One debacle and it goes into detail about all the politics and everything and it's just it's just such a great way to wrap your head around the happenings on of the galaxy of elite dangerous right on <sighs> do you have anything else you want to add orange 
well, as you said, the podcast team, you know, hats off. Uh, we went into hibernation uh, as in the PDF format um, simply because, you know, there was a downturn in content and it was proving very difficult for us to be able to keep keeping the caliber up of the visual stuff. And the podcast team did, did a solid job of just keeping Sagai burning and going. Um, the, the team are fantastic. They really deserve a huge shout out for doing that. Mm. Um, there's 27 PDFs, I believe. There was 26 and then we had the break and now obviously we've just come out with the new one. Um, the team that do the research, they do their research. They try and get all the facts. They sift through that lore and it is so informative. And then obviously there's my side, the photography team um, and the video team. There is a YouTube. Um, we do a, a few YouTubes that will be coming back. The video team are uh, getting the cameras ready to start uh, producing some more stuff for us. Um, but yeah, the visual stuff, that's what I'm all about. Um, I'm dyslexic. I'm terrible at writing. Uh, I listen to the podcast as opposed to read because of my dyslexia and having that visual aspect is is glorious and the art team oh shout outs for uh, dmc rules we've now got tokoso on board and the amazing in barston and can i just say souverine has been a backbone to sagittarius eye for years hats off um yeah Look at it. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Hell yes. Hell yes. And you know what? Let's just go right now and hop in on this. I'm going to give you my breakdown because I, I listened to it while on the road today. I, I was working from 1 a.m. till like 5.36 p.m. It was a long day, but I listened to it on the road. First off, the episode today had a very cool comprehensive history of the Thargoid War with lots of different viewpoints and like historical facts and information on it. There was a special on FPS plasma weapons that had some very cool information that I don't think is widely available for a lot of people. That is stuff about like the sniper rifle for pla the plasma sniper rifle is absolutely uh, amazing. So it is super, super legit. Um, <clears throat> In addition to that, there was information, as Tweak said, about the Admiral Vincent trial, which is the whole Halsey, um, you know, event where 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 she was on the ship that sort of exploded or whatever in which space, and then she was she came back and she said that she was with the caretakers of the galaxy, and her information for those who don't know, she was like. Go to this location. Go in this direction. Go over here. You're going to find something. You're going to find proof. And this is years ago. Players went out and looked in that direction. And that's how they discovered the Guardians. And, you know, was it the Guardian AI or the Guardians that she found? I think so. We can't prove one way or the other, but it's super, super compelling and interesting. Um in addition to that, Souverine did an interview with Aramis Kamsel. And if you don't know who Aramis Kamsel is, Aramis Kamsel is who I want to be when I grow up. That guy is, I think, one of the top three, like, 
if there, well, you know, if you had a Mount Rushmore, if you had four faces carved into the side of a mountain that sort of represent the best of what elite is, Aramis Kamsel would be one of those faces. He is uh, the originator of the map galactic mapping project, one of the founders of Fleetcom. One of the, well, he was the originator and one of the main forces behind um, Distant Worlds 1 and 2 and one of the organizers behind Distant Worlds 3. He is the sort of one of the main organizers of the DSSA. At one point, he ran the Children of Fraxla. This guy is sort of the... In all of the best ways, with none of the negative connotations, he's sort of the Forrest Gump of Elite Dangerous and um, and truly a hero. And I, 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 I would want to be him, except for I will never be that classy. I'm just a fucking Marine. But um, he is just amazing people. And if you have not sort of heard his story and heard his whatever, um, Souverine brings it out and they discuss it in a way and 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 Souverine frames it before the interview even starts in, in in a way that is amazing you need to know this guy's story they did a spotlight on bearing port in the Colsac nebula that is a super super cool spot and interesting and kind of i think more like it says it's a spotlight on bearing port but if you pay attention I think it's really more talking about the nature of our expansion into the Colsac Nebula and what that sort of means for the game and, and things going forward. And in a first, there's a new segment that was debuted, What I Fly. It's a new series that is going to be a semi-regular series where they interview a commander and they talk about like, what ships do you fly and, and why? And, uh, they had commander Gambit of, uh, from frontier on. So interesting stuff, amazing top notch. Uh, whenever I play Sagai magazine on my, um, I, I have an iPad that is mounted in my car that is for podcast slash, downloading youtube streams and whatever because i drive a, an inordinate amount of time for my work and i keep track of the entire sort of elite dangerous galaxy that way um content creation wise i always other podcasts i'll play it listen to it and move to the next sagai magazine every time i play it and as i'm playing it i click the save button so i can go back and re-listen to it you should as well so that was issue 35 that dropped today of Sagai Magazine. Those were all of the different sort of segments. Guys, who, who has what that they want to hop in and comment on? Uh, just quick, I'll add in. I mean, the, the artwork in this thing is just gorgeous. Uh, this is like, um, they used to call it like coffee table book stuff, like things you'd leave out for guests to look at because it's so beautiful. Um and uh, the the Starship One story, I've heard bits and pieces of that story. I'm a relatively, you know, have only been playing a little over a year, and I've heard bits and pieces of that story. This is the first time I was able to listen and look at something that explained it soup to nuts, and it made sense. So thank you for that. And uh, I did not know who Aramis was, and then looking through the list of accomplishments, like I've interacted with 
I don't know, 85% of what he's done and some of the stuff was before my time, but everything that's still there, it's, I've, it's, it's improved my experience of the game. So that oh. was really cool to hear about that. Oh, by the way, just because he's got so many, I, it, this one slipped my mind to mention earlier. He was one of like four or five guys that was the founders of Colonia. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Yeah. Like am- amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, all right. Tweet, what do you think about this? Uh, I, I think it was great. Today's episode was great. Not just the Starship One story, but the, the detailed information about the DPS of each of the hand weapons and all that. I found that a great listen. It's just, I can't can't suggest enough to anybody here in our voice right now. Go to Spotify, go to iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you find Elite Week, find Sag Eye because you won't be- regret it. It is the best top-notch content you can get. Don't just find it. Subscribe to it. Wolf. Absolutely. Sorry about that. I was double muted. Uh, I, I love I love the sad guy print. Um, I remember when I got started, I went and read all the back issues. It was just amazing to learn so much so quickly and just presented in an amazing format. Um, I'm really, really glad to see it's it's back, quote unquote, in print. Um haven't had a chance to look at the new issue, but that is happening tomorrow. I mean, it just dropped today. It's not exactly like you've got like, oh my God, how did you not get it? it it's today. You were doing stuff. You'll get it over the weekend. And so should you, dear listener. All right. That takes us to our next section, which is... It's the Dark Will Update. That's right, it is. The Dark Wheel update. Hmm. I wonder if anything interesting is going on with the Dark <laughs> Wheel this week. Probably not, but nah, let's just let's just take a moment and uh touch base with let's I'm gonna throw this one to Wolf because he I've been talking too much and he hasn't been talking enough. Wolf, why don't you let us know? Did anything interesting happen with the Dark Wheel maybe today? The Dark Wheel arrived at the LFT 509 test site on target and one day ahead of schedule at Nine Puppies. Nice. Yes, yes. Nine Puppies, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm calling it. I know it's Nine Puppies, but I like Nine Puppies better. We're going to kick ass and take names in Nine Puppies. We landed with our invasion today. Uh, at first, obviously, whenever we first land for the first several hours... You get conflict zones, but they don't spawn anybody or whatever. This is a normal part of the game. We're all aware of this. It takes four hours, five hours, and then all of the sudden, missions start generating. Conflict zones start populating. War is upon us, and guys, this is it. This is the big one. This is LFT 509 test site. So there's two big tests that sort of happen here. The first is we've landed exactly where we needed to. Now what we need to do is kick ass and take names till we own a station. And once we own a station, let's see, does that generate permits? If it does, you know, we won't know until we own a station. But once we own a station, if that generates a permit for 509, Shit is on. The story is going. We're going to rock and roll like the Ayatollah. 
If not, okay, there's still the chance that when we own the system and expand from the system in a shaped jump, and correct me if I'm wrong, Wolf, but this shaped jump should be a piece of piss because we're right next to 509. This, I mean, we, we had to do work to get that last jump to work out, but the next jump, we got this shit. If we shape a jump to where the BGS rule says we should land in 509, then we will for sure know either A, we do, or B, nothing happens. And at that point, I think we have a talk internally among the group and see what how we want to proceed, if we want to proceed, what, what, what happens with the dark wheel. But uh, Wolf, take over, talk a little bit, tell us... Tell us your your thoughts, your experiences, and some shout outs. Go. Yeah. So um, we, uh, us in the the Black Sky Legion and the Rabbit Hamster Salt Force have been working behind the scenes uh, as we do, uh, making sure that this jump uh, happened the way it needed to happen. And all the guys have done an absolutely fantastic job of making that happen. Um. I, I would I would love to pull all kinds of names, but it seems every time I hit the push to talk button, my computer goes straight to desktop. So uh, rather than missing a whole bunch of people by doing this off the top of my head, because I have been looking at BGS again today to see if there's anything weird or whatnot going on and making sure that the standing orders got uh, posted up properly and all the other housekeeping that we uh, we do to keep the line secure is is going awesome i just want to say thank you to everyone the legion the rabbit hamster salt force the 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 public standing army this this is your effort coming to fruition right now um you know we 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 can plan we can have ideas we can we can set up things but you guys are the ones actually doing all the work and we could not have done this without you Thank you. Absolutely. So, uh, everybody out there, go to Nine Puppets and and uh, start killing people for the Dark Wheel in the war. Let's have some fun. We're also we got our Mew Hercules selection, whatever our, our that conflict still going. So, let's wrap that up. Let's kick ass in the war and let's see what happens with this whole. Uh, you know, LFT 509. This is the super, super exciting time, which takes us to our next segment, which is your David Braben moment of Zen. Every week, uh, well, not every week, but a reoccurring segment we're going to have is we're going to play you some David Braben from the past, an interview, whatever, and you're going to hear from the man himself you know, what he thought and, and, and some sort of some words of where he wanted to shape elite to go. And then we'll have a little discussion on, you know, where it is going and how we see those things match up and, and what we think might be things that can happen in the future from that. So I hope you enjoy this. So we've got a really good time coming up now with loads of new people coming to join us because of the PlayStation four and also hopefully on other platforms too. Um, with the, the launch of uh, Elite Dangerous to, uh, with 2.3. It's in beta now. We're all very, very excited about it. And so 
It's been a great year. In fact, it's been a great, great several years for us, the lead up to this. And to give those new players some background of, um, of what is, you know, what, what is Elite Dangerous about? And the, this whole feeling that you've got um, the real galaxy out there. So um, Elite Dangerous has the whole of our real galaxy, which is just stupidly, stupidly big. I'm not going to start, you know, reeling out the comparisons, but uh, 400 billion star systems is the real galaxy you see in the night sky. Every single star you see in the night sky with the eye we'll see, and a whole load from telescopes as well, some 160,000 of them. We've, um, we're set in the year 3303 now. It's moving forward in real time. And seeing how things have changed. So we've got a future where um, we've made it as, as scientifically accurate as we can with um, the one exception, we've got faster than light travel, but you never know that that may, may come. Um, but the great thing is thinking how, how that would happen. So um, imagine the Earth in the 24th, 25th centuries, where suddenly you've got faster than light space travel, and it starts to become cheap. So you get large groups of people getting together. And I, I draw parallels with the wagon trains in um, the settlement of uh, uh, North America that would just head off into the unknown. And some of them might not, might just disappear. Uh, some will make it and, and settle cities, or in our case, settle planets. And it's that whole sort of slightly cowboy free-for-all that is the basis of the world we've created. Now, one of these great wagon trains um, set out and uh, ended up uh, forming what later became an empire. But they went as far as they possibly could over 100 light years, which is a stupendous distance. But when you start comparing it with the galaxy, it's actually right next door. But anyway, they did this and then new technologies developed and they diverged a bit from the people who remain based on, based on Earth and grew and then sort of entered this state of Cold War where the two spheres are sort of met and now congealed into the whole of sort of human space. But they came up with very different ideas. In the same way, a lot of the founders of, um, the, the, of modern day United States wanted to change the way things were done. They wanted to change things were done. So started off with a system that was um, quite Roman based, uh, you know, the, the, the looking at the sort of the empires of the past and, and the sort of things they did where you've got slavery, but it's very controlled slavery. You know, it's very, very different. And seeing how the frictions between those worlds start up and then we got a third superpower started much later called the Alliance, which is from people who didn't really like either of the two superpowers. The Federation, which is quite, we can sort of recognize it from sort of present day America, I think, and, and other, other places, but is, is very, is, is sort of what you would expect in terms of, of growing it, but, but, you know, very, very capitalist, all of this sort of thing. Whereas, interestingly, the Empire has different laws to look after slaves. So you just get different mindsets, where I think the Alliance is all a bit, happy-go-lucky, a bit like modern-day Europe, <laughs> and probably always falling out with each other. Not that we'd do that, of course. <laughs> um, so that's a bit of the sort of the background. And then that story has, has moved forward. We've had lots of player groups coming up, disrupting systems, overthrowing governments. So it's always in a great state of flux, and you'll be joining in with that. But also sort of in parallel to that, we've had some great discoveries. Lots of players have seen themselves as explorers. Because although human space is huge, probably 100,000 star systems or whatever, that is a tiny, tiny drip in this immense galaxy. And so um, what a lot of players have done is just headed out into the unknown. Um, 
uh, one group of players has founded a new centre of humanity called Colonia, which is all very exciting, and amazed the number of players who've done that. Um, you know, a lot of people who've uh, visited the centre of the galaxy and even headed right across the galaxy. You know, it is a, there's a new system now called Beagle Point, um, right the other side of the galaxy, and it's, it's actually such an investment of time to go there. Um, it's 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 pretty amazing. But that that's some of the background of it, and. As part of this exploration, also um, people have come across uh, an old alien race, which has since been called the Guardians. So um, people have been finding out things about that. But th these are relics. This is a, a race that um, existed um, quite a while ago. But also other people have discovered um, unknown things, unknown artifacts, unknown probes, these strange probes that make funny noises when you approach them and people have discovered all sorts of things with that, you know, and the question is, what is their origin? Now, just, just, just sort of pausing that, what's interesting with the Guardians, that's sort of one to two million years ago, they went extinct and people are still discovering the exact reasons why that happened. But if you look at sort of galactic time and the billions of years the galaxy's been around, then you look at humanity and life on Earth and how, as a percentage of that time, it's taken hundreds of millions of years to evolve life and then a small number of million years to evolve intelligent life, sentient life. But only a tiny, tiny amount of that time has been spent where we've um, we're not really even a space-faring race yet in the 21st century. And so even by the um, 34th century, you know, we're, we're still, it's, it's a tiny slice of time. And you imagine um, different populations spotting up like that, and you, you wonder how long we, would, we will last, which is, you know, slightly depressing. But we might, we might go beyond wanting to communicate. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is the chances of two races actually being at a point where they can interact whilst both are still alive is actually small. And this is the basis for our story, of course, because the beauty and interesting thing with um, things like the unknown artifacts, unknown probes that have been discovered already and other things that uh, people might have seen or have they seen um, in, our, um, in Elite Dangerous already is it creates the wonderful speculation. But it's that, that great feeling of, of discovery um, you know there are a lot of interesting things in the history of the game uh, there is an alien race called the Thargoids which are you know of, of course mysterious very very dangerous uh, that have been there in previous games um, even been interacted with and then suddenly disappeared and so there are lots of interesting mysteries you know that the there are some reports within Elite Dangerous of people having seen amazing looking um, spaceships in, in hyperspace. It's something that's been named hyperdiction. But you know, are these real? Who knows? Very, very exciting. And so um, some one sort of group of characters we have in the game, uh, we call the engineers. And these are an oddball group of people who um, have, for whatever reason, sort of broken away from the mainstream and are doing their own thing. A lot of them are sort of a fair way out of um, the, outside, you know, on the, towards the edges of the human bubble or whatever, uh, doing different specialities and you, you um, bring them things and they will, they will do things like tuning up your weapons or your shields or whatever. And one of these guys is a guy called Professor Palin, who is actually headed right out um, in, again, in the Pleiades where, where all the sort of alien contacts been going on. And, uh, 
he seems to be doing a lot with alien materials and things that are some people might think are, are, are slightly questionable, but he's researching into these things and has discovered a lot of things that have been able to help humanity. Now, one of the things is these um, unknown artifacts. If you carry them in your ship, you find it creates terrible corrosion. And it turns out to be some sort of biological process, maybe not unlike what the barnacles do, where it's taking the metals out of the structure of your ship, which, of course, isn't a good thing because you like the structure of your ship to stay a strong structure. So what he's found is that, that um, these uh, unknown artifacts won't go through certain materials. And, uh, you know, that these materials actually come from the barnacles. So there, there are all sorts of uh, things that are sort of coming together. And he, you know, he's himself got some strange history where he's disappeared and then reappeared and is now working with the Federation. So there's also a lot of interesting rumours as why that's happening. And why, why are the, uh, the Empire and Federation, why are they at loggerheads over the Pleiades? You know, both seeming to get, be getting ready for war, building large numbers of ships. And there's already been the odd tussle between the two. So um, how, quite how that pans out is interesting and how that's going to interact with the, the incoming aliens. And there's been a lot of mysterious goings on, which uh, who knows whether they're important or not. What we're starting to see now is an amazing sort of overarching story in the game. As we start to see more interaction with the galaxy that's outside human space, which I think is, is really... Um, really exciting really rich and with these unanswered questions comes all sorts of you know reasons to explore um, and reasons to interact with the game and of course there is there is the day-to-day -day. the beauty with um, for me anyway uh, with the world of um, of Elite Dangerous is the richness that you can interact at so many different levels you know you can trade things back and forth um, you can trade things that are illegal you can get together in groups you know all of these sort of things but also looking at how um, people interact with the superpowers how they, they support particular powers and things like that um, one of the things of course I mentioned at the start the superpowers um, and their uh, their interactions now for, for some reason, the superpowers are going very, very big into the Pleiades, which is a star cluster you can see in the night sky. Um, and this is where it's claimed these mysterious sightings have come, have come from. But what's also very interesting is explorers have found these strange growths on the surface um, that have been named barnacles, because that's a little bit what they look like. Uh, and they are clearly some sort of uh, alien life in the sense that they are they're, a they're an organism they can live with zero pressure a, so these are on on worlds with no atmosphere and they burrow deep into so that they're, they're a bit like a plant that burrows deep into the ground and then its roots pull all sorts of things up out of the earth using biological processes and form them into these little pods now that is an incredibly useful thing now that there are all sorts of questions around were they genetically engineered if so who by were they genetically engineered many many billions of years ago and have since evolved so all sorts of fascinating questions but then why are these concentrated just in certain areas um, so more and more of this this is why it's very interesting as you'll start to see we hope some of these threads starting to come together and Actually, what I'm expecting is more and more answers will beget more and more questions. People have asked with the story, you know, how, how close to the edge are we? And uh, that's, I think that's fascinating and interesting. I think we're 
we're standing on the precipice we may stay on that precipice for a while but in this you know it, it all depends on on how it pans out but yes it, it has the scope for turning very nasty in the previous games the the uh, the thargoids have been very powerful aliens that we've come up against uh, we don't know whether these um, sightings we've seen are real whether they're manufactured but also we you know um we don't know how peaceful they are, so we'll have to see how that pans out. But uh, I think there have been um, some possible uh, leaks of what's, you know, of, of things that might have happened or have they happened? You know, was that fakery as well? So who knows? And I, I we're, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's a great team at Frontier who put a lot of effort into this. Um, but also from the story point of view, it's the wonderful um, what we've got is probably the first story where you've actually got millions of people interacting in the same story. You know, we aren't here, um, and obviously I, I, games where you rescue princesses are great, but we're not rescuing a million princesses. That would just be silly because the value of princesses <laughs> then goes somewhat down. Um, but what we are doing is all cooperating or, or competing in the same environment, in the same story. And I love the way that's feeding together. Um, all the different platforms of the game are in the, on the same servers working together with to the same end goal. And I think that's really exciting and something that as we see the story really starting to take off, um, you know, it, it's very exciting. And the the, um, the game, the, the 2.3 is also starting to reveal, you know, we're going to show you a trailer. You may already have seen it when you're watching this video of some of the things that are, are coming soon to the game. But I think the most important thing is how the story unfolds and how players react to it. Because the whole point here is what players do will determine what happens in the future. And I'm very intrigued and excited to see what you all do. So that's it from me. So um, ha enjoy PAX and hopefully come and enjoy the game. We're having a great time. I'm Commander Braben. I've been killed by an awful lot of people already. I expect to carry on that way. Uh, so maybe see you in the game. Thank you. Right on. So that was the man himself talking about sort of the whole situation with regard to the development of the game and more specifically the uh, Guardian and Thargoid issue. I mean, he touched early on in the game in sort of the, the breakdown of how the different groups have evolved and, and obviously that is very much in play with regard to the Marlinist and because he talked about the Empire breaking off from the Federation and, and whatnot. And, you know, I think we all sort of see what's going on there and <clears throat> it's interesting dynamic-wise, but I think the most important thing from that talk to me was looking at the idea of the Thargoids and the Guardian story and the progression of it. Now, keep in mind that interview was four years old and we've progressed a little since then. At that point, they were still kind of going, what are these hyperdictions? What is What are these weird whatever? We now clearly know. Those are Thargoids. The Guardian story has progressed somewhat through the Ramtom mission series where we got a little more insight into what happened to the Guardians and how their society progressed. But for four years ago, there hasn't been a huge sort of progression in that story. Now, let's set that aside for just a moment and look at the whole concept of it's rare that you're going to have other alien species in the galaxy. But I'm going to I'm going to bang on my drum I have been saying it for forever and I will continue to say it. I want 
more aliens in this game, more species in this game. I would very much love an alien species that we contact where we do not immediately go to war. We don't just shoot them. I would like peaceful interactions with aliens. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean friendly. Some of those could be peaceful interactions where we are cooperating with them, we're helping them, we're whatever. Some of them could be peaceful, competitive interactions. Think the Ferengis from Star Trek, where we're peaceful, we're not shooting each other, but they're not exactly helping us out. We're, we're sort of, you know, competing sort of against them or, or we're trying to do, we have one set of goals, they have another. But just, I would absolutely love some kind of interaction that doesn't just involve shooting. Roy. I've heard bits and pieces of this story, and I really liked this video, especially the bit where he's like, we're standing on the precipice, and then another section, he's like, we have to see what the players do with this to see how it turns out. And my my question really is around, how much player agency is there in how this unfolds? It's It seems like in the recent, since Galnet and CGs have come back, they're really leaning into that. And it feels like there was this dark ages between... 2017 and say a year and a half ago um and and part of me is like well maybe they had other things they were working on maybe there was some change in focus at fdev about how much energy they were putting into elite dangerous or is it that you know for a period of time we weren't playing the game right and we hadn't unlocked Mm. some stuff that was supposed to carry it forward i'm not sure what to think about all that well to be clear when you say there was a gap between you know, 2017 and a year and a half ago. It wasn't a year and a half ago. It was literally last October 10th. It was, it was like, it was like six months ago uh, that they turned back on the story. And to be clear, you know, when you say how much of that was we weren't playing the story right, nothing changed between October 9th and October 10th other than Frontier turned it back on. I think when we talk about our interactions with the Thargoids and saying like, well, you know, we, we, we obviously have very limited interactions with the Guardians in that they're a dead race. Now, I, I strongly believe that we find in the future that they're not as dead as we propose in that their AI continues on. But we've had no sort of opportunity to interact with that. And I don't think that that's a situation of, oh, we have to find the system that it's in. I think that's more of a situation of Frontier has to turn that on in a future content drop. But until they do, there's nothing really on that side we can do other than study the ruins. And we've gone through the entire series of Ramtaw missions and 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 discovered everything there is to discover on that. I believe that there will be a continuation coming soon with more information on that. And part of it, part of part of this alpha, like Alpha Stage 4 was supposed to open up to the whole galaxy, and it didn't. It's still staying yeah. in the 50 light year bubble. And I believe that the reason for that is that they are coding like hell and working on putting, not necessarily like, okay, this is it, we're going full on, but the next iterative step in this process. I think there's going to be some new stuff in Thargoid and or Guardian sites that might not be turned on some one or two little things might be i think are going to be turned on right at odyssey launch i think it's going to be just like a little a teaser a little amuse bouche and now you're going to have to wait 
three months, six months, a year, two years, whatever, at, at, at some point during the Odyssey spectrum, if you will, there will be more content story-wise that will be coming to further that story. I think based on Art's appearance on the Grinning Crows stream and some things, some, some little teaser hints or whatever, I think some continuation is coming very soon. But I think it's going to be more of a teaser and now you wait a while. With regard to the Thargoids, I kind of have an issue with that because it's been stated over and over that it's like it was stated at the beginning. Well, you, what happens with the Thargoids? That's going to be up to you and how you interact with them. And I, mm. I got to say, I kind of a little bit call foul on that. I don't think that that's really true because they never gave us an opportunity to interact with the Thargoids other than shooting them. There was never a, a, a communication attempt. There was never... Uh, uh, oh, you have this new module in your ship now that is a decoder module and you can try to, you know, see what they're saying. It, it's, it was always, you have three options with Thargoids. Number one, you can show up and feed them occupied escape pods, in which case they will take them and leave. And so now you're a mass murderer of your own species and they have done nothing other than take your stuff and go. Two, you ignore them completely. Three, you shoot them. We never had an option for that was like make peaceful something. Other than, I guess, theoretically, be their friends and murder your friends and hand over your own species uh, in some kind of weird V, the final battle. Remember those guys in V that were like, they were wearing the, the alien suits and they were like, I'm Listen. part of the Hitler youth. And it's like, oh, okay, dude. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like I want the story to progress, but we haven't had the option yet. I think there's some tantalizing stuff in the future, but I would very much love interactions with an alien species where we didn't shoot and we've never had that. So I would love some a couple new alien species. Tweaked, you had a thing. Yeah, the first thing I take from that video was David Braben himself, the 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 look in his eye, the joy, the love he has for the story he is telling. And and to me, that is what has made Elite Dangerous so great as it is today. Mm. Uh, now, like you said, that was four years ago, 2017. Correct. And 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 let me it's, I, I agree with you, Kai. It would be great if we had another alien species in here, friendly or not friendly, even. But even if it's just the Thargoids, I've flown from one end of this galaxy to the other. I've gone bug hunting. I've never been hyperdicted. I've never been hyperdicted in this game. And and to me, if the Thargoids are going to be a threat, if they want to advance the story, they got to make them more dangerous. They got to make them pop up in random spots and just start pulling people. Make it, make them scary. Make them the monster that they're supposed to be. Because right now. I don't care about them. If if I don't fly out to where they are, I don't ever have to think about them. And and the fact that it's been that way for four years, for the most part, I think it's time to start ramping that up. And and quite honestly, I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the new CG collecting Guardian stuff makes me wonder if we're not seeing the start of that right now. Mm. Orange Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, and I I remember when that video dropped. Um, I wasn't too long into the game. Now I was a 1984 player, um, so a deep 
set routes in Elite Dangerous lore and all that. But I remember when that dropped and oh, Thargoids, oh, Guardians, oh, yeah, that that sort of rush of here here comes God knows what and you know we we're getting the chance to sort of shape the story the way he talks about the enthusiasm as you were saying their tweet it, it really hit the community and then it it fizzled out mm. it, it did fizzle out um personally I think that's business it was a frontier having to delve in different directions to make their business grow to reach this dream Personally, that's how I believe they realized they did not have the financial backing or structure to get Braven's dream to become a reality. Mm. And we ended up with this lull. Um, just quickly tweaked, you were talking about not being hyperdicted. That's because you've not been carrying the right things. I can guarantee <laughs> you will get yeah. hyperdicted if you carry the right things in the um, right places. In the right places, exactly. I agree with that. But if the Thargoids are going to be the big baddies, then they should be hyperdicting people left and right, whether we have Absolutely. anything in our cargo holds or not. Exactly. If you're in the wrong place, full stop, they should be getting you. I agree wholeheartedly. But yet, the way that affected the community and then to have the sudden lull was almost fatal to the game. Mm. And personally, the team that they've got aboard now, the uh, the listening they are to to the community, um, the hints here, the hints there, it's all building to something. And I think you know, you mentioned Crow's stream uh, with Arthur. There was a good few things hinted in there. There there's stuff coming, and I'm excited personally. Mm. Right on. So. I noticed nobody picked up my, I, I've said it a couple of times and sort of nobody ever picks it up. Am I the only one that has, would really, really love a, a, a sort of Mimbari or, or, or a Narn race where it's like, oh man, we come across an alien group that's been really put upon by Thargoids or whatever, and they need our help. We come across a, 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 a Ferengi or a, or a, or a, what do you call those Centauri race where it's like, okay, these guys are friendly to the extent that we're not fighting them, but like they have their own agenda and they're trying to screw us over. Like I would love to interact with aliens and not just shoot them. Roy. Yeah, I agree. Roy. Some areas on the map uh, that are permit locked and not just individual systems, like giant spheres of space. Um, and there's certainly plenty of space in space in the galaxy that they've mapped here that they could have a, uh, a race of beings that suddenly become active and suddenly interact with us. I, it, they'd have some, maybe some retconning or some hand waving to do to explain how and why that happened when, like, if you look at the maps of where the heat maps of where people have traveled in the, in the galaxy, it's, it's almost like. You know, in movies when there's an invisible creature and someone throws dust on it and it outlines the whole creature. It's like that with some of these spaces in the galaxy where something, something is in there and for some reason we're being kept out. So there's certainly the mechanism to do it. So I would point out in response to your statement, Roy, that, uh, and, and maybe we'll play that next week. There is a clip where David Braben says, we set off we segmented out entire segments of the galaxy sections where we said we don't even know what we're going to put here yet but we have 
this we're holding off for future story. This is a future thing. This will be a thing that we will use to make something cool in the future. Now, to date, and this game is over eight years old, if you go back, especially, I mean, even older than that, if you go back to Kickstarter, beta, gamma, yada, yada, yada. But we're almost a decade in, and none of those segments have sort of been used yet. Like, let's maybe get started with that. Let's do something. Let's add in a new area and a new alien race and a new section of story in some way, somehow, some, some, something. Either something coming out and we interact with it or something for us to go in and interact with but something orange yeah um as i mentioned earlier i played the original 1984 version and anybody that has even looked at that knows <laughs> there was lots and lots of other alien races mm -hmm. um i know uh, commander razab uh, is on on a hunt about raxlands they were lizard people Mm -hmm. and you had the cat people i remember my father uh, me five years old sitting on his lap watching him playing elite dangerous on a zx spectrum telling me about these cat people and me doy eyed like wow that i would love in the game and yes we have locked areas my concern that was probably the intention but the game's gone on too long and they don't have the scope for it anymore Yes, they could drop another race in, as you say, something like Mimbari or, you know, something uh, that, that isn't going to affect the main gameplay in a major form. But I don't think so personally. I would love to encounter a race like the Mimbari where they're like, they're so far advanced beyond us, they could squish us like a bug, but they're peaceful. They're like, well, no, we're not going to do that. And no, we're not going to share our weapons with you because we don't want you to hurt yourselves. I would love to meet some some like I said Ferengi or 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 Centauri where they're 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 you know they're they're filling us with bullshit and we have to try to find a way through it to get to the truth. I would love to find some Narn that need help that we you know we we have to show humanitarian uh, aspect to. Tweaked. Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff could bring a multitude of new mission types. It could bring a variety of different looking NPCs in the stations. It, it could add a lot of immersion and depth and fun to the game if they would add some of those races back into Elite Dangerous that, as you said, Orange Phoenix, that, 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 that they had in the original 1984 version of Elite. All right. Good stuff all the way around. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to Tweak's console corner. Take it away, Tweak. All right. Well, this week on the console corner, as I've stated, as you've heard me say, this six-month stagger for Odyssey to get to Elite has, has left some of us experienced commanders scratching our heads trying to figure out what the heck we want to do with our time. Those commanders on console that don't have anything to work towards, those of us that are all fully engineered, have a billion ships done, have everything unlocked, all our money made, we have to come up with interesting things to keep ourselves entertained. And a, a group of guys, a good group friend of Opix, a PvP squad called Cult of the Murder Goose, actually came up with a great event, I think. They, they put out some pings in a bunch of discords. They invited everybody onto their fleet carriers now mind you this is a pvp group they flew their fleet carriers out 11 
thousand light years to the Lagrange clouds, uh, you know, where it's all orange and you got the lightning flashing and they held PVP tournaments with them and all their friends and everybody that joined. It was a pretty cool event. There was about 40 guys or so that went out from my understanding. Um, it's just, it's that kind of thing uh, that you wouldn't expect a PV, you know, most PVP guys, they, they can hold tournaments anywhere in the bubble. They can go to Shinny. They can stay in a home system. They can do it anywhere. But to go 11,000 light years out to the, the LaGrange clouds to do something different, that was a f cool event. And I'd like to give them props. And, and I'd also like to say uh, they had medium and small tournaments. They had large tournaments. Vert won the medium and the smalls. BDR crazy ended up winning the large in his vet. Uh, just a great idea and a great example of something that we can do that's a little different to keep everybody entertained absolutely Props to call absolutely that's fantastic stuff good good job guys and keep on keep on keeping on which takes us to a little section that we like to call for news beyond the game it's frontier news so let's see has there been any news from frontier Hmm, I think there might have been just a little bit. Let's sort of just throw out the whole way that we normally do it and just hit the highlights because there's a lot. First off, um, we had the announcement of Phase 4. Phase 4 is uh, happening, and, and, and it was sort of weird because the way that it was announced, it was like, okay, Phase 4 is happening, and it's not going to be anything like what we told you it was going to be. Uh, no fleet carriers, which the slide originally said fleet carriers, although, in fairness to them, they said when they announced it, even though they showed it, they said, well, we got fleet carriers on the slide, but we don't know about that. It may happen. It may not. No fleet carriers, um, but maybe, possibly the chance to purchase them at some point during phase four uh, from a vendor. We'll see. Number two, know all of your ships coming with you, as was stated, was going to happen. It was going to be just your um, uh, sort of hmm, one ship that you're in, and that's all it's going to be. And then... Um, you know, also it was going to be the whole galaxy. It's going to be sort of just, uh, the 50 light year sort of mini bubble that we're in right now in phase three. Uh, and the thing was that we were going to have a snapshot taken this morning, which already happened, uh, many, many hours ago, uh, like whatever, 12 hours ago, whatever. And that was how it was going to go. And phase four was going to start on April 28th. And phase four was scheduled to end on April 30th. So that was going to be a two-day phase four, which is fairly useless. Um, then subsequently, sort of changes to that bit of news happened. And those changes were as follows. Uh, still no fleet carriers, but maybe the chance to purchase them in the future. Phase four was going to start on April the 28th, but it has been extended till May the 5th. Um, phase four was going to include sort of the ability to have all of your ships and that they will be sh sort of shipped to you in a super cheap, super fast um, 
way that you know would would like you could just kind of get them almost instantly they're going to ship it to your the 50 light year bubble what didn't change was you know the fleet carriers and the 50 light year mini bubble as opposed to the whole galaxy but the the the, the thing was extended and now you will have access to all of your ships so those are some pluses um in addition to that frontier announced that odyssey will launch four pcs on may 19th and that is pretty big pretty pretty huge and i think came to a as a surprise to a lot of people because um it's a situation that i th i think there's a lot of people that that are saying oh i don't think it's ready yet i think based on what we're seeing it's 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 a ways away um but as has been speculated by by us uh and and some others in the, in, in the past frontier is going to drop this thing on their schedule of making sure that it's on the books before the end of may for the um for their fiscal year regardless of sort of where it's at this is just a thing that's going to happen and they will deal with it at that point they will make changes and whatever um so there is that in addition we do need to cover the fact that as we stated last week on the show they dropped the plant gun exploration sort of uh play and uh there were um people that had lots and lots of problems with it and said we don't like it it's too twitchy it's too hard we this is bad this doesn't fit here i'm colorblind whatever like for one reason or another people had all kinds of issues with the plant gun thing and on last week's show what we said at that point was hey man they already dropped a hot fix to make it easier well they made an additional statement after the fact saying all right here's what we're going to do we're going to just eliminate that gameplay loop entirely you're going to show up you're going to point your scanner at a plant now this change they said may or may not even take place at launch it may be shortly after launch but this is a plan that they intend at this at this time that it will just be at some point either at launch or shortly thereafter it will be amended to where you aim your little scanner your plant gun at the plant and it just auto it's one click and then you you get the thing and so there's been a wide range of responses to that everything from yay that's what we wanted to what the hell there's now going to be an elite rank in point at thing and auto win no thought no gameplay no anything and so so that that is a a a discussion that is being had in the community and that we're going to get to sort of in the next segment but i i just wanted to sort of bring that up these are sort of the changes the big changes that have that have happened since last week's show in addition to this there were you know live streams on tuesday and thursday there is a big live stream that is coming up next week with pierce uh what is it pierce jackson i think yeah is mm -hmm. pierce morgan is the british guy that's a douchebag pierce anthony is the writer pierce jackson i think is the is the yeah the elite uh uh product uh, uh the odyssey uh developing 
manager. He's the producer for the game. And he is, um, you know, so he's the senior dev. He's the main guy. And in that, they're going to be showing off some new Planet Tech stuff, showing off super secret squirrel stuff that hasn't been shown off and, you know, they whatever. They're, of course, going to be giving out Twitch drops. This Twitch drop is going to be the purple uniform that they already gave out like a month ago. And so, you know, as as you know, when you give out Twitch drops, that means you're going to have zero sort of meaningful communication with the stream. But, um, you know, theoretically, we're still going to get a really good presentation of lots of stuff, uh, lots of unknown stuff from just coming from dev. But they're not going to sort of, you know, you're not going to have really meaningful conversations. So that is sort of the elite development news that has come. I don't really want to have commentary from from the group just yet on that because that's going to be in the next segment where we're going to go over all this stuff. But that's just sort of, that is dev news. Now let's go over Galnet news. Roy, take it away. Yeah, so on April 19th, we had uh, the Atomaster Enigma, um, which was kind of wrapping up or maybe making everyone in the player base aware of what's happened so far because I think a lot some of this news came through sources uh, either outside the game or if you were one of the ones who had scanned the thing, then you got a communication in the game. But uh, basically that the story's still going. Commanders have uh, gotten sort of another cryptic message from uh, from this weird benefactor, uh, uh, Salvation, and it's unknown what maybe what the next step is, um, although something's still happening. Uh, April 20th, uh, conditional amnesty agreed for neo-Marlinists. Uh, <laughs> talks about how they basically gave up the leadership of the terrorist group in a rather cavalier way. Um, so, yeah, those people are going to have a bad time. Uh, April 21st, federal surveillance identifies domestic terrorists. Uh, I, I read this one and thought, welcome to the Department of Pre-Crime. Uh, this, <laughs> this sounded like Minority Report. Uh, there's obviously some uh, parts of the population within the Federation that are definitely not liking this. Um, and that leads to one of the other stories that uh, I'll touch on in a second. April 22nd, there was two stories that dropped. One, Aegis appeals for guardian artifacts. Uh, so this, this turns into one of the ongoing community goals uh, they're asking for. These are the drops that, um, not the drops that are used for getting blueprints for weapons and modules uh these are like the cargo module things that you find lying around in the same sites yeah the and, relic caskets and whatnot yeah and uh made me think that this was leading towards well and they say it in the article too that they're, they're researching new stuff for for uh anti-xeno initiative stuff so that sounds pretty intriguing looking forward to seeing what comes of that uh, the second story to drop on April 22nd, Archon Delane Starport campaign concludes. So this was the, the lore uh, wrap-up to the two CGs that have finished, the one combat, the one trucking. The trucking one got to 100%, um, so it looks like all five of the proposed uh, starports are going to get built. And Archon is promising very creative reprisals to those who tried to interfere, so not sure if that might have a bit more of a tail on the lore there. And then finally, uh, today, April 23rd, Winters claims civilian surveillance is illegal. Um, so maybe there's some resistance brewing to this uh, perceived overreach uh, from the 
from this pre-crime division in the Federation, which sounds totally creepy. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah, it's at all a perceived overreach. I think it's a very real overreach. And if you look into the actual article itself, the guy, the the, the scumbag vice president who's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to run the Stasi uh, that is pushing all of this Patriot March crap. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. uh, that guy, he was like, not only is it successful, but it's so great. <laughs> We're going to expand the program and not just use it to go after terrorists, but also criminals. And very soon, (laughs) and very, very soon, people we just don't like. Wink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that all of that news, uh, Archon Delane is getting the new stations. We've already made you aware of the concern there with regard to the one near Sothis. We're going to keep an eye on that and see how it plays out. Uh, The Marlinist amnesty deal... I think that was super, super interesting. When they first showed up and asked for amnesty, I was like, okay, this is the point where the peaceful Marlinists need to absolutely stand up to the terrorist ones and not let them whatever. And they need to, you know, they need to play hardball here. And they did. If you look at it, they were like, okay, yes, we will. You get to come in and go spend whatever your life in prison. The non violent people that were you know fleeing with you we're going to screen all of them and the only this deal is contingent upon like all of the criminals go to jail all of the the non-criminals can you know okay we're gonna whatever but this deal is contingent upon you spilling all of the details you have and in the end the alliance federation and uh empire all three said like Okay, this is a deal we back because the most important thing for us is to get at, you know, Theta Seven and 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 the you know like make sure that we bring people to justice. This is a good deal. So yeah, all all of that good good stuff. Um, and the new Aegis appeal for Guardian artifacts that is uh yeah that is going to go uh in an interesting way, and we'll we'll talk about that a little further later. Go ahead and hit us up with the uh, um, the new CG, Roy. Uh, yeah, that's the Aegis Appeal for Guardian Artifacts. You can deliver Guardian relics, orbs, caskets, tablets, urns, and totems to Alexandria, Delphi. And uh, you'll get uh, Guardian Gauss Cannons unlocked and a fixed Class two rating B Guardian Gauss Cannon. So if you don't have this unlocked already, that's a pretty good way to do it. Um, so check that out absolutely and i'll be honest with you there's been some rumblings from the axi community that this sort of this this cg is sort of a little bit of a slap in the face the axi community is based out of the pleiades and they have been asking for forever hey man give us guardian tech uh uh brokers out here in the pleiades we use them we need to 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 get access to this stuff uh for for our major gameplay loop uh and despite the fact that they've been asking for forever they haven't had one the colsax nebula has it the which is uh reach uh you know they have basically everybody has it other than the Pleiades, the place where the AXI is based out of and have been asking for it. And as part of this CG, it's like, well, you're going to have one for a couple weeks. And I, I think um, as a player group with everything that the AXI do and have done for 
for the game and the numbers that they put out and the the amount of people that they have wanting to play their loop. I, I really think that Frontier should just go ahead already and recognize them uh, with uh, <laughs> they need. Uh, it's it's so weird that they're the only AX area that doesn't have that, so they need that permanently. Mm. Um, all right, and that takes us to Roy stories. We now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season Two, Episode Eight. Now tell me about your mother. William F. McCoy, Deep Space, Tanmark. Another day, another load of dodgy cargo. The fancy ceremony and the expensive suits back at Centene were now just a memory and a few photographs, and once again the William F. McCoy was in space, waiting for a contact, the second in as many days. They never showed up when they said they would. The EIC requested we pick up the goods from some guy in deep space, There'd be all this cloak-and-dagger stuff, and it would turn out to be fifty tons of frozen herring. I idly thought I probably ought to open up one of the containers and see what else might have been hidden in there. It seemed like a big effort to go to just ship another load of frozen fish. Just so long as they kept paying us, I could keep a lid on my curiosity. He was supposed to be here half an hour ago. Are you sure these are the right coordinates? Cal shuffled through some stuff on the console. Yeah, well, exactly where he said he'd be. Perhaps the Kumo crew got him, after all. I mean, another load of frozen fish. I wonder how the black market will cope, I mused somewhat sarcastically and sighed inwardly. Which ship did they say he was flying? Type 6. Nothing on the sensors? Nope. A couple of system authority, but they're the best part of 15 light minutes away. I checked the nav panel for signal sources. Nothing. Just empty space. I turned back to face Cal, the chessboard attached between the two front bridge seats. Checkmate, by the way. What? I looked down at the chessboard. Ugh, I can't believe I fell for that one. Again. I began to set the pieces out on the board again. Cal seemed to enjoy humiliating me at this game a bit too much. On the other hand, I was stubborn enough to believe that one day I would get him. Anyway, I continued lining up the pawns. Remember that explanation you owe me? Explanation? Yeah. He had squirmed out of it for two days already, and I was determined not to let it go on for a third, like some festering wound. The one about why your absurdly rich family threw you out. Some things... He began his last, weak, desperate last line of defense. Uh, better unsaid. I fixed him with a steely glare. Well, not this one. I've told you my shocking background. Now you tell me yours. I sat back. Cal looked down at the chessboard and then allowed his slim frame to slump back into the seat and looked up and stared into the infinite universe briefly before looking back at me. I'm afraid I... I, I look, you might disown me or throw me out. Why? Remember what I said when we were dealing with those spindlefish? Spinefish, Cal corrected. Yeah, those, back in LHS 3447. We're equal partners in this venture. I meant it. It wasn't just a throwaway in a negotiation over the price. It's how things are. I ain't gonna throw you out because of some ridiculous protocol gaffe you probably made with your rigidly traditional imperial family. 
I mean, so long as you weren't having your way with one of the horses. The horses? He asked, shocked. You didn't? No, I did not. Well, what are you worried about? I asked. Come on, you've got to spill the beans. You've been keeping me in suspense for months, and your brother didn't seem... Well, I don't think he would have been pleased to see you. Another sigh. Cal seemed to work himself up. My curiosity was stronger than it had ever been. Had he murdered someone? No, it couldn't have been that serious. After all, Admiral Hendrickson had remarked that he would have been tempted to do the same had he been stuck with Cal's family. You know, if it helps, remember I'm not from the Empire. I ain't gonna get upset about something that may have offended the aristocracy. Cal drew a deep breath. You know what my brother was doing? Putting on the party in Sintaini. But that used to be my job. I nodded. Okay, and so... Except... That except he was unpaid. As the eldest son, I was expected to waste my youth on running the family business to eventually take it over when my father retired. That doesn't sound too bad, I asked cautiously. My father was 45 at the time. Sizamina Torval was still going strong at 130 or something. I could see my entire youth, right through middle age and long beyond, arranging parties and conferences and ceremonies for all the respected and worthy upper echelons of society. That would be my life. You should have seen what it was like on Azabon, I remarked, remembering life under communism. What really made it hurt, though, is I watched all the poor people having a great time. I had some friends in the lower classes. They had their own money. They did their own things. Poor people? On capital? Well, yes. They had only one house, and perhaps just two acres of land, and... I shook my head. Merely two acres of land and a whole house to themselves? The contrast between capital and, well, pretty much anywhere else was being brought starkly into focus. On Azaban, we were lucky to get a tiny one-room flat to ourselves. A whole house and two acres of land was what the poor in Akinar had? I smiled at the thought. My whole life was mapped out already. I would do all the running around, planning parties, buying the goods, printing holes, you name it. I'd be doing this pretty much for what seemed like forever. My parents would find me a suitable bride from the aristocracy. She would probably be some kind of minor princess, or perhaps the daughter of some influential business family or whatever. I'd have this loveless, incompatible relationship thrust upon me and be expected to just stick it out. Are all rich imperial families like this? Not all. Most. So I'd get married and live miserably. So many in the Empire are quite happy with this. They don't need to make any decisions. They just get... Cal gestured with his hands, becoming more emotive with each word. Swept along by this tide of... of Rich comfort, with no self-determination, no free will, and they inflict this on their children. Just a, just a nice, dull, comfortable existence. All the while getting their entertainment by rousing up some sort of pointless conflict with rival families. I wanted to do things I wanted to do, even if it was only go and have beer with my less well-off friends. So what did you do? I hatched a plan. I frequently had to travel and find suppliers and arrange payments and that kind of thing. 
We haven't particularly long trip to get a shipment of Lavian brandy. It's a restricted supply, but grease my palms and, well, you know, I open to my own account. I never had one, but I decided I would just do it. I figured the Bank of Zeance was far enough away from Akinar that my family wouldn't find out. I then started to move all the business transactions through that account. Didn't anyone get suspicious? Nope. After all, it was in my name and the company was in our family name, Vasquez Entertainment. So no one thought it out of the ordinary that payments would come from a Callum Fernandez Vasquez. So I would take the invoices and mark them up, just a few tenths of a percent, and put my account and routing details on the invoices. No one really paid attention if no one was screaming for a late payment and I'd make sure the real invoice got paid straight away. But occasionally we'd have a really big party to put on, like the one in Centaini. A couple of tenths of a percent of all the invoices to put that on was a lot of money. I leaned back in my seat. You must have siphoned off a million at least by the end of it all. Yeah. All I wanted was to be able to go out on nights with my friends. So I did. But nothing excessive or stupid. I should have just slipped off into the night once I had enough. But I didn't. Then the problem was Enrique. Your brother? Yeah. Younger brother. He's just 18 months younger than me. But that meant he wasn't in line to take over the business. He's not like me. He rather likes the idea of getting married off to some rich wife being provided for and playing silly political games against the other rich families of Akinar. He was always very jealous of me having the very things I actually hated. He noticed I was socialising. And? He figured I had to be getting a source of spending money from somewhere. He suspected I had been doing some business on the side and kept digging. Digging. And was astonished when he actually found the truth. Gleefully, he realised he could get rid of me forever. He found out about the invoices and confronted me before telling my father. And that, I suspect, was an uncomfortable meeting? Yeah. My father did that her I'm so disappointed and saddened speech thing, designed to humiliate, and it forced me to hand all the money back and leave immediately. I tried to protest, but he had already the internal security service ready to arrest me if I didn't comply. So I was thrown out and shipped off to Thessale to become an imperial slave. The usual fate for those in debt. But when I paid the money back, I didn't quite pay it all back. And with the last of it, bribed the loadmaster of the transport I was on. After that I was destitute. But at least I was free. But I don't understand. Why is all this so terrible? I mean, you were fearing I'd throw you out over all this? Well, remember when we met? I told you I had a bit of money. We pooled our resources and bought that Type 7? Yeah, but you said you were destitute. Well, I suppose if you consider poor as having a large house and two acres of land... No, I was really destitute. A few hundred credits to my name, and that was it. So? Do you know how you told me about us being equal partners? Well, my hearth is built on pure, unadulterated fraud. Some of those attacks you thought of pirates, well, they... Weren't pirates. You realize what will happen if the company finds out what I did. I looked down at the chessboard and shrugged, then made my opening move. Your move. And 
On the whole, I think it would be best that we didn't mention this to anyone else. A chime from the navigation console indicated that finally the Type 6 had arrived. Right on. Well, the Type 6 arrived. Every time I have to meet a contact, for some reason, they like to jump into a sun. And then I have to go and reload and whatever. But you guys actually, uh, you got it. And I think you you two crazy kids are going to work these things out. I think uh, I'm rooting for you. I think you guys are going to go the distance. I can't wait to meet your grandkids. All right. So that takes us to our discussion topics. And I'm going to take a moment, <clears throat> boys and girls, pull up a chair. Uncle Kai is going to break some shit down for you in a way that you haven't heard on anywhere else this week, but this is the truth. And bear with me, because I know that people are going to hear this at the start and think, oh, okay, here we go. I had, I already had a white knight today break down in alligator tears, and he just couldn't take it my observation so bear with me i think you're gonna be okay with this as it as it as it ends let's be honest odyssey is a product that's not cooked it is just not done it's nowhere near done and they decided hey we're not going to do an a beta you know for obvious reasons they're just pushing it out the door to get it on the books get the money on the books for this year and i'm not a big money mogul guy maybe this is a good you know decision for various reasons whatever that's that's a thing that i'm not going to get into discussing but i will say this product isn't done and they're releasing it anyways now let's look at why i'm saying that odyssey has uh, what I believe will be, we haven't seen the final and the alpha, but I absolutely believe because of A, the bits that we've seen thus far, and B, what we've been told, and C, as importantly, the fact that K is handling this, Dr. K. Ross, uh, my absolute, I, I absolutely love and adore Dr. K. Uh, <clears throat> and she handles the planet tech and has done the rendering team and the planet tech and the PBR, the physical base material rendering, whatever makes the entire galaxy just better. So, um, the fact of the matter is that it's like, uh, I believe for sure that's good. That's fine. No problem. The other aspect of this is the pew pews. That's where they've put all of their efforts and what they've gotten for it is from from my money a sort of FPS experience that is on par for 2005. Just saying that's what it is. I don't think that that's a fail. I think that considering what it is, it, it is in an engine that is a galaxy sim. It is not in a specifically... Um, uh, designed for, uh, you know, what all of this is. I think it, it, it's good. It's fine. Everything else is gutted or deleted. The 
scavenging loop that when they first started, they, they designed a suit around it. And then when they first started describing it, we were all having images of like, you know, mini games and, 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 and sort of adventures where you're climbing through a ship and trying to pull out wrecks and trying to, you know, pull out components without damaging them and do this and do that. That has been boiled down to cut open the thing the size of a lunchbox with your one tool. There is no failing it. You just cut it open, click, 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 take the three things, and you're done. Now, some people have saying, oh, hey, uh, you know, you have to fight people before whatever. Yeah, you don't get points for that. That's not part of the scavenging loop. That's FPS. We've already discussed FPS. That's done. I'm talking about scavenging. There should be gameplay there, and there's not. Exobiology. They put in a little mini game. It was ill-conceived for many reasons. Number one, you put in a Twitch-based sort of skill game into what is not a sort of Twitch-based game loop. That doesn't sort of make sense. People didn't like it. You started it off way too hard. People did not like it. In addition... Um, it's a situation of like, how do I say it? Um, the, with, with accessibility issues, they, they used red and greens with the scanning of the planet. They used blue and, uh, or sorry, what red and orange and yellow, whatever with the, with the scanning, it's blue and greens. It, it was very poorly conceived and thought out. And it seemed like here's just a thing. And as soon as everybody said, we do not like this, they were like, okay, we've deleted it. It's not a thing anymore. And that is just disappointing. It is not sort of good game design. To get to a point where you, A, gave us this ill-conceived, ill-thought-out product, and then B, said, oh, by the way, we're releasing this game in three weeks, so we don't have the time to fix it. If you don't like it, we're just going to delete it. That's just bad and 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 empty so it was gutted as all hell and it is now point and click and you win hacking seems to have been removed entirely now hacking is go get an e-breach put it on there it's a consumable boom click you win you know going into this internals you know ship internals just nope we're not doing it srvs <clears throat> there's four of them in the game files, they were clearly planned, uh, and and it's like, nope, Frontier changed to, we're not going to do this at launch, we'll do it later. Um, mining planet side got removed. Um, uh, a, a, a decent transition to get on the ship didn't happen. <laughs> um, I, there's just so so very many I, we've we've been hitting them for weeks so you you guys know all of these points <clears throat> it, just to put it bluntly this game isn't done yet and they're releasing it on may 19th and it's not going to be done when they release it this game on may 19th is going to be pc beta it's going to be a pc beta that lasts for several months hopefully they can sort of tighten it up enough to be a minimal viable product by November, December-ish when they launch it on consoles. I think that's why now we have a very clear understanding why they separated console release 
with the PC release because the fact of the matter is, is with Cyberjunk, PlayStation made it very clear, uh, no, we're not having this shit. We will allow all of our people to charge it back, which is disastrous for a company and a disastrous PR issue. So I think Frontier had to make the change, had to make the 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 separation of the two. Now, that's the bad news. The bad news is, and 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 I'm just going to put it bluntly, Odyssey's going to kind of suck for a while. Deal with it. Here's the good news, and a lot of people I think might not see this potential. And, 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 and be upset with me for pointing out what I think is absolutely true and accurate observations. If you don't like it because you think it's too salty, feel free not to listen. But I, I believe that I'm telling you the truth. Here's the good news. Number one, the thing costs 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever. It's worth it just for the planets and the prettier, you know, your ships are prettier, the stations are prettier, the, the, the PBR rendering makes every object, asset, thing, physical in the galaxy look better, and the planets look better. It's worth it just for that, and it's already an amazing game. Here's the other good thing, which I'm choosing to focus on as a plus about Frontier, giving us this half-cooked fucking product. A lot of times Frontier makes decisions and some of them are brilliant and some of them are absolutely deeply troubling. And because of Frontier's sort of Gestapo secrecy style of operating, we never get a clue what's happening until it's, there it is, deal with it. This half-cooked expansion gives us an interesting opportunity to actually see things, give feedback, and make a change. So that, had they sort of done it the way they were supposed to, they would have released it and said, here is our uh, scavenging, and it's done and it's locked. Here is our exobiology and it's done and it's locked and then you you sort of it's like okay here it is it's done well we don't like it well we don't care it's done we've put in the whatever because they are going to now spend i hope there's because there's two ways that this can go the first is over the next two to three years they spend all of their time and effort chasing little tweaks and whatever to try to make their FPS gameplay like, ooh, we're going to make it top tier. If they do that, Odyssey will go down in history as an absolute dog shit product and a failure. Because number one, that's less than sort of 30% of what all of the player base wants. And number two, they will not be able to get it. This is a massive different galaxy uh uh sim this is not in 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 call of duty and 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 all the the other sort of top tier fps games their scope is so much smaller that they're able to put in more stuff just like whenever people 
compare storylines or what you can do with special set piece art assets or whatever for a single player game to MMOs, the MMOs always look like ass. They look bad because when you're making something bespoke for one player in a small galaxy, you can just literally create a hallway and dress it up super, super fine because it's just that one little hallway. You control it better. Whereas with an MMO, it's a whole world. You have to be able to, oh, the guy turns left, the guy turns right. There's other people, there's whatever. You're never going to compete. And Frontier, you are never going to compete in making a AAA FPS game. Don't try. What I hope happens is over the next year to three years, what Frontier does is put a lot of effort into filling out Odyssey as a product in all of the stuff that is not FPS play. So the exobiology and the, um, you know, scavenging and hacking and uh, stuff with the story and ship interiors and SRVs and other, you know, base building was for sure at one point on the agenda. And then early, early on, before they even got to like when they got to the point where that first trailer leaked they said flat out it is not on the roadmap now that doesn't mean that it wasn't we clearly know that it was because they had shit in the arc store in the coding talking about how you could update your your buildings or whatever but it got removed so we have a unique opportunity for the next three years where they're putting stuff in year a year from now six months from now two years we have, as they do each thing, we can give feedback and hopefully help to shape it to make it better. I hope. So that's what I'm seeing as the positives here. But, and I'm going to open this up to the audience now, or, or not to the audience, sorry, to the to the group now. Um, and let me switch back over to this channel. Please, please, please tell me if I'm wrong. This product isn't done, but that could be a good thing. So we'll start with Orange Phoenix. Go. Well, fair points. Definitely fair points. Um, you, you've hit the nail on the head that things haven't been done correctly. I would agree with that. Um, maybe a touch on the harsh side in some aspects, like Gestapo, maybe not. But yet, frontier higher-ups need to relax a bit this game is great because of its community and its community input they don't adhere to that anywhere near enough it became great early on because they relied upon the input of the community then they closed the doors and they've never opened them back up enough and yes these knee-jerk reactions oh i don't like the scanner okay it's gone no no, no, no. It needed to be addressed. Why do you not like this? Okay, you don't like this because it's not working properly. Could that be because of the frame rates and people not being able to actually use this mini game correctly? They could have easily got around that, in my opinion, by making it that you had to scan the plant in, say, three stages of growth to get the full scan. You still have to work for it. It's not a case of scan and done. And yeah, they could address that, make it a little bit more 
sort of immersive as time goes on. Um, it's it's almost like, and I've noticed on the YouTube this 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 was sort of brought up that they're relying on money, incoming money, their backers. They're trying to rush a product out. Um, yes, they've been hit with hard times, as we all have with the uh, the global it situation, but it they 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 they've not really addressed the problems. They've knee jerked, and that's what got them into trouble before. Um, personally, I don't care about the. Uh, if this sort of on foot shooting stuff that doesn't really interest me, it looks quite cool from what I've seen. But I am happy that the beauty of the exploration side seems to be there. The scanning of the planets, this new sort of heat map, it looks great. It's all looking positive, but their addressing of the community's issues is a little bit too knee jerk, for my opinion. Mm. Wolf. So from the the coding standpoint with with things being deleted or whatnot, I I sincerely hope that things haven't been quote unquote deleted, but just perhaps remarked out and not enabled in the game so that after enough time where they're doing stuff on there and they can flesh it out, they can just bring it in rather than just I'm like nope, nope, too hard, gone because it just that, that that makes me sad on so many different levels. Mm. Um, the for the exobiology with the mini game, I you know I lost I watched a lot of videos on it with people people doing it. And yeah, Twitch game stuff that's in some games. People like it, people don't like it. The biggest problem I had, and and I'm only mildly colorblind, is I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm like, how? Where's what am I lining up? Like it was difficult. I can imagine somebody else with severe color blindness just having a ridiculously bad day without a prayer. I mean, the, as, as it is, the, the normal default color scheme of the game hurts my eyes and I miss a lot of things, which I'm, I'm really glad, you know, we get the ED HUD mod that we can use to change that up. Um, but that was, that was the other thing that I was seeing with it was just the half-baked maybe, but without any real thought to how usable is this on a whole and with the with the fps stuff and odyssey how they're really focusing on it my my really big concern and i i don't think this is a good thing if they're trying to go that way is if they're trying to make the odyssey fps something to entice the esports community to bring them in because that's that oh that is 100 no. percent doomed Oof. to fail roy uh four points uh the first one uh as far as phase four changing from what they you know promised i'm making air quotes uh, i think they're just being flexible and adapting and overcoming to some issues they've got i don't have a huge issue with that um i think though that in point two as we've gone through the alpha there's been an increasing amount of unresolved uh, gameplay issue debt, and this causes anxiety in the player base until it gets either fixed or more forward-looking roadmap-style communication happens. 
maybe that will happen this Tuesday. Maybe it will never happen. It just may be something we have to kind of go through. Um, and the third, uh, as far as the date, you know, the May 19th thing, uh, if doing the gymnastics to push uh, the gameplay, I'll call them placeholders, <laughs> out by the end of May keeps the shareholders off of David's back, and then FDev can get back to making a great game. I'm cool with that. I, I get it that there's some gyrations they're having to go through. I think what really matters is if FDev is going to keep everyone, everyone being the developers, on deck to continue to fix issues and improve game features over however much time is required into the future to expand those placeholders into actual fun game loops, however much is needed. Um, and then uh, I might reserve my last point until we talk about uh, Crystal Forests, if we're going to get to that. That's coming right after this. Tweaked, you're up. Yeah, okay. And I, I do. I think you made some really good points there, Kai. But after thinking about this over and over, I'm kind of coming at it from a different point of view all of a sudden. Uh, I see Odyssey as it stands now, as you're likely going to get it on the 19th, as a frame of a house. Just, just the bare frame of the house. And for years to come, they're going to be adding on to build that house into what it can be. Uh, I would venture to say what we've seen out of the alpha so far is it actually is pretty playable. All the all the different phases have been pretty playable. Yeah, there's been a couple bugs here or there, but all in all, at, from sitting here watching videos day and night, I see a lot less glaring bugs than I do if I'm watching, for example, Star Citizen videos where people are standing in the middle of tables and the ships are, or the SRVs are falling out of the back of ships and things like that. Yeah, sure, there are bugs, but it looks a lot more playable. So from that standpoint, I think FDEV's a little bit ahead of the game. It, it, this this is a huge deal that they're trying to do. They're really trying to open up the galaxy. There's no other game that's doing what, what Odyssey is going to try to do. So if we have a frame of a house and they add on, as you were saying, for some years then this could turn into a wonderful, magical addition to the game. It's just, will they do it? Now, that being said, if this game gets released on the 19th for you guys on PC, and I'm watching these videos, and I still see the bland interiors of the space stations, and I still see the same NPCs in every station across the galaxy, all my hope goes out the window. Uh... That, that'll... You're gonna kill it. You're gonna you're gonna see that. So be just be advised. All right. Uh I, I want to take a moment. We we we're gonna next week we're gonna get into this much deeper, but I want to take a moment to shout out this amazing uh work that you're seeing on the screen comes courtesy of the Scott Gust channel. And he put out an amazing series of guides. It will be in the show notes. We're gonna highlight uh his channel next week and in detail, but uh, go check out and subscribe to his channel. It is amazing stuff, and he has been killing it. Him and uh, Will and Kate uh, of AXI have been killing it in this uh, this alpha, putting out amazing content and stuff, as well as, of course, Down to Earth Astronomy, amazing guides, as always. And uh, what Space Bear put out uh, like two or 
I think two or three really amazing sort of cinematic pieces that were incredible. So yeah, um, let's move on to the next point, uh, um, which is this. Um, I think people need to be aware of this. The crystal forests are going. Um, they're, you know, and, and of course there's the question of like, well, they could manually put it back in. I don't think so. And here's why. The system that they had them under before doesn't exist anymore. They've killed, you don't find when you fly up, you don't find geo and bio sites on planets anymore. It's now this blue green scan, find stuff in little clumps here and there. And it's, it's much more organic in a way that's very cool. And there's a lot positive to that in the sense of, I think it makes the galaxy much better. The planets and, and the fauna on planets much, much better to just have like weird little splotches of growth of stuff in a thousand different places, as opposed to I go to a planet, there's four places, there's all the stuff is within a weird sort of 500 foot circle in this one location four different places on the planet like this is very cool and very good and i think i i think it's much much better for the galaxy as a whole so big salute to that but it is a serious concern for people who have been farming those mats in the crystal four sites so why don't we have roy and tweak take over with their little field trip of they tested a site in the alpha go uh, well, I'll let I'll let Tweak describe the site. We were trying to figure out what we could test within the bubble that was provided to us in Alpha because we can't reach the crystal sites yet. Uh, Tweak, do you want to describe the site we went to? Sure, sure. What we did was because of where the Alpha is taking place, it's within a 50 light year bubble of opic space, actually. So I knew of a spot that I farm quite frequently where there's are some really great selenium sites so i can go in the live game scan the planet probe the planet and on my nav panel it will say geological sites one through 34 or whatever and i know i can go down to site 30 and it's pretty flat and i can collect my selenium so roy and i decided one night after i think it was after last week's show actually yeah to mm -hmm. to he got on his alpha i got on my live game and we tried to both go there. Obviously, we weren't going to instance because we're on different platforms. But but long story short, I found the spot. And Roy, go ahead and explain. Yeah, what you so had to do. I mean, it went to the, the, the heat map and uh, the particular planet that in the live server has all these geosites where selenium is plentiful. Uh, uh, it took a while scanning around the giant green green sphere to find a couple of blips of blue and what was showing was two geo sites um but not in the conventional way they are in the live server when you use the new heat map two geos geo things now just means there's two choices on the heat map and when we um went and looked at those i was doing my best to fly straight down into some of these little blue spots and uh we found nothing. There wasn't even, I mean, it was supposed to be fumaroles and geysers. Um, we went to in numerous sites and found none. Um, so, um, granted, this, the, the space we have to test this in is limited. I was, before they mentioned what they were doing now with phase four, I was hoping 
from last week to this week, we'd be able to actually go test this on crystal sites. But the, the short story here is, at least for one, they're not, I don't, it doesn't appear that they're trying to preserve um, the same location of things that you found in terms of like great sites for geo or bio in the old well, I, I, I would say one. though, I would say real quick that, that we should mention that when you scan the planet, you came up with the same selenium numbers that I do. So, so supposedly it was there. The, the base percentages of minerals appeared to be the same, at least but, the, the high selenium one. But there wasn't any standout sites to go get it. I so, guess is the point. so basically what we're ha what we're seeing here, like I said, it's a good thing. The planet is becoming more scientific as a whole in the sense of if you have 4.9 or 3.9 selenium, the way the base game, the way Horizons has it now is all of that selenium is located in like five very discrete little clusters on the whole planet. Whereas what, what Roy is clearly saying here is that we're experiencing now is it's been spread out sort of not exactly equally, but in a statistical fucking way across the whole planet. So instead of four locations for selenium, now it's a thousand locations for selenium. And that's good for realism. It's not great for efficiency on collecting your stuffs. Yeah, and it may have been an aberration with this one planet that we actually couldn't, because I would have expected to at least have seen some geysers and fumaroles, even if they weren't dropping selenium, and there was nothing when we went into those hotspots. Um, so I don't know if that was a glitch or a bug, but with that being a super good location in the live server, there definitely wasn't any correlation between that and what was happening in the alpha server on that planet. Well, it does fit, though, when you think it through logically, the system is is changed like yeah it was four locations clearly marked from space and it's like go to this discrete spot and it's all there and now it's this heat map thing where there's a little splash here and a splotch there and okay there's one you know there's a there's a couple of them over here in albuquerque and and there's a whole ton of them over there in london and then there's some of them over here in you know moscow like it's it's no longer just they're all in Ohio, Moscow, and London. Now it's well, they're everywhere. The thing we were trying to figure out and and unfortunately couldn't confirm is if we had found, say, some geysers or fumaroles that did drop selenium, uh, presumably the only way we'd be able to communicate that to anyone else is by the latitude and longitude because there wouldn't be a POI. Yes, there'd be the coloring on the heat map, but this one in particular had very few hotspots. They were tiny. But if we had found one, instead of telling someone go to POI, go to the fourth geo site on this planet, now it'll become, oh, you can go to this planet and it's going to be these latitude and longitude coordinates. We're going to have to get good of good at flying to coordinates again. Yeah. So we're going to have to see, and I, I, I guarantee you, literally, May 19th, Odyssey drops if the servers are stable within an hour or two of whenever those servers get stable, whether it's that day or the next day or whatever. Within an hour or two, you're going to have people posting on Reddit saying, here it is. I logged out at this Crystal Forest site. I logged back in. No S here. So 
Uh, Even if it is there and we can no longer have the POIs in our night, I, I contend that that's not more realistic. I think if we had a scanner that could probe the planets, that our scanner could tell us the locations to lock onto and go down. I mean, again, we're in 3307, not 2021. You know, so. what, what I'm saying, Tweaked, is it's not, <laughs> it's not going to be there. It's the, not. The, 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 the real, well, another unanswered question is, if crystal forests are preserved as a biotype, will they still be on that planet, or has that planet been re-rolled, so to speak? And now, where it used to be a crystal forest, it has a chance to be any one of however many forty-one whatever bios there are, and we're going to have to go on another galactic search for first the planets that have crystal forests at all as a biosite, and then what the coordinates are where you can find it. So basically, Whether, here's the thing: basically, you're this is this is like other stuff you hear it here first you hear it on elite week i i haven't heard a single per please speak up if anybody's heard anybody else discuss this i haven't heard anyone else discuss this and the reason why we're bringing it up the reason why we do this science and and look and find and and pick at the details is to get it in the community as a discussion topic so that on you know uh, people will tweet Frontier. People will mention it in the live stream. People will talk about it on the forums. People will say something on Reddit. And if enough people tell Frontier, hey guys, we definitely like this new planet, whatever, but for the love of Christ, break the rules in these two systems in out outs and and hip three three what is it three three eight oh six or whatever break put just keep the crystal forest in those two systems and we'll the rest of the galaxy cool let's have it better let's have it whatever but whatever it is you need to do please for the love of christ go back and manually put them in please one one last note that I should that we should probably bring up. I don't know if it was important or not. I mean, maybe this is a bug. Maybe this is working as intended. But in the live game, in my version of the game, the planet looked like the ice planet that it's supposed to be. And and in Roy's, it it really didn't, did it? Roy, yours looked more like a rocky planet or something to me. Yeah, that anyways. might be because the planetary tech's not fully right. It could, yeah, it, was, it could it could be. It could be. It was a different look. Different. Yeah. Yeah. So we we took the information that that we had we found a crystal forest site in or, or uh, a you know we went and looked in that 50 year light year bubble we found a bio site that is, is there in the base game is not there in the alpha the you draw the conclusions we'll see um I very much hope and again I, I hope that people will bring this up. Just ask, ask, ask the devs. Say, hey, did you see? Uh, you know, we went on Elite Week, uh, and they were talking about it and saying that the, this biosite doesn't exist. Whatever does that? Are you guys going to make some special arrangements for the Crystal Forest? Because we would very much like that. Now is the time to mention it, and hopefully Frontier will do it. Um. Yes. So that takes us to uh, one last thing that uh, Orange Phoenix is going to bring up real quick on uh, the discussion uh, in Twitter today with regard to the uh, the camera uh, suite. Go for it. 
Yeah, um, it was brought up by Rini on Twitter. I'm just going to bring it up uh, on my phone here for for reference. Um, There was a very interesting uh, comment made by Rini regarding the uh, current camera suite. Now, personally, I can't play Odyssey due to low tech. But obviously I watch streams, I see images and stuff from everybody. And the issue seems to be the blackout of the camera is worse than the current blackout, which is the bane of any content creator's life when it comes to any video work. You scan across, the tiniest little pebble gets between the camera and the ship or your point or your your, uh, commander and you'll get a blackout. And that blackout is supposedly horrendous. It was brought to the attention, uh, or Rini has brought it to the attention that could this be looked at? The response was, well, it needs to kind of be there. And the reaction from content creators, big names, um, you've got Primetime Casual, Ascorbius, myself, uh, all piped up that, no, this needs to be looked at. And I was Quite interesting to see the quick turnaround in response from Sally that something may be looked at. So here's hoping all you videographers out there, we may be getting some kind of a fix. I would point out that uh, Primetime made a point of highlighting it as an issue on the issue tracker. So if this is something close to your heart, as it is with mine, hop onto that issue tracker, find that and put your issue in there, get that voted up. A hundred percent. As we've been saying tonight on the show, the one good aspect of getting a half cooked product is we have the opportunity. We have a greater opportunity to maybe add in a couple ingredients. This pizza isn't done yet. Let's throw on some pepperoni and onions. You know, let's throw on a couple jalapenos. Let's make this shit a little more to our liking if we can. So that's, that's that. All right. Um, which takes us to our community questions. CQ one, what are your thoughts on, you know, what, what, what do you want added to the pizza or, or do you think I'm just dead wrong? Do you think this is not half cooked? This is fully cooked. You're just out of line. Okay. Say it, express yourself. I want to hear it. Um, If you agree, maybe you say, I agree, this is half cooked, but I'm scared that they're going to just chase down the FPS rabbit hole. Or you could say, I think, no, there's a good chance that they're going to do right. They're going to start to flesh out these, these loops. And this is what I want them to focus on first. Or this is what, you know, of the nine things you mentioned, these are the two that I care about the most. Or, you know, whatever. Express your thoughts on that. The second point, how do you feel about the Crystal Forest? Is this something that, uh, you know, is 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 for sure a, a, a concern? You got like three weeks if you're on PC. Get over there and fill up. I already did, just in case. Um, and, and also, uh, community question three, on this camera suite issue, um, you know, it's, it's uh, obviously, how do you feel about it? It's important to a lot of people. It might not be important uh, to you. It might be to you. You're like, okay, camera suite is cool, but I don't really use that. I'm not a content creator. I am interested in this other thing. If there is something that is interesting to you, but keep in mind, 
you might not be a camera suite user because you're not a content creator and you might not care directly because of that. But do you watch the videos that are put out by Burr and Rainey? Do you watch the videos that are put out by Primetime Casual? Do you look at the beautiful artwork that's done by the SPVFA? Do you enjoy the art that comes to you from this game? Because even if you don't use the camera suite directly, if you enjoy good content creation, if you enjoy art made in this game, then you need to support the people who are making it for you so that they have the proper tools that they can make better stuff for you. So chime in. All right. That takes us to, we're going to skip state of the game right now. The pizza isn't cooked. I'm not going to rate an uncooked meal. So we're going to just hold off on that for a moment. Uh, it's time to sign off. Roy, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Walk casual. Stay dangerous. Tweaked. Call out to your adoring fans. I hope everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Don't get too angry because we were somewhat critical. I think we were being pretty fair. And and enjoy it. Enjoy what you get. Let's see what they say on Tuesday and enjoy the 19th. Yes, yes. Shades of Brody Stevens there. Enjoy it. Uh, Wolf. I hope everybody had a great time listening in thought-provoking conversations all around and here's hoping that a half-baked product becomes a fully baked product while it's in the pc beta yes yes uh commander orange phoenix thank you for having me on it's been a pleasure as always uh thank you everybody uh yes topics were harshly hashed out tonight but necessary i would agree um hope you all enjoyed the show and yes elite is life Yes, yes. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to give two shout outs that I forgot to give during the show because, like I said, the notes were shit because I just got home. Uh, go check out System Chat Podcast. They did a very cool PvP roundtable that uh, I think people should really go and listen to. I thought a lot of the points made were very, very good. I enjoyed uh, sort of the highlighting and breaking down of a lot of the issues, uh, specifically. Uh, I mean, I just, Unusual Cupcake, I thought, like, just over and over and over was was hitting points that I was like, that resonates, that resonates, yes, yes. Even though I don't particularly do PvP in this game, I very much, yeah, there were some very, very cool things that were there. And go check out Algoreb uh, AM, Radio Algoreb AM. They did, a, uh, they put out, they've they got a new series of that are, that are coming out that are like, shorts like clips similar to what we do here uh, uh with the highlight clips uh and they did uh they did an interview with me that was a a, a decent uh uh thing and they do other interviews with other people that are way that more interesting interview. you're underselling it that was a great interview <laughs> yes yes so so check out uh uh radio algorithm for great stuff check out system chat podcast uh check out uh, you know, Lave Radio and Loose Screws and uh, 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 Sagai. Sagai, for sure, Sagai. Check that Sagai. out first. Yes. Uh, and and there's there's just a ton of great stuff out there. So go and and check it out and immerse yourself in 
all of the different ideas and topics and whatever. And, and maybe we're your flavor. And maybe there's another one that even appeals to you more. It's all good. Just uh, keep yourself open. Keep yourself thinking. Don't be a white knight. Don't be a hater. Be a rational adult. Find what you think resonates and makes sense. And uh, I'm going to close things out. I, I, I'm just on a kick of I'm loving uh, 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 Dig That's uh, uh, content. He's doing Star Citizen stuff mostly now, but I'm going to throw out his old line. Fly dirty, commanders. All it takes is one flight. We'd be in the same time zone. Looking through your timeline. Seeing all the rainbows, I, I got an idea And I know that it sounds crazy But I just want to see it All I gotta ask, do you got plans tonight? I'm a couple hundred miles from Japan and I I was thinking I could fly to your hotel tonight Cause I can get you off my mind Get you off my mind, oh. I can feel the tension. If you can cut it with a knife, I know it's more than just a friendship. I can hear you thinking about it, yeah. Oh my God, I convince you that you shouldn't fall asleep, baby. It'll only be a couple hours, and I'm about to leave. Do you got plans tonight? I'm a couple hundred miles from Japan tonight. Get you off my mind.